morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to your regular podcast called Knowledge Empowers. Uh, with you today is me, Ket Anaseo. Then we have Barush. Hello. And we have Kolaj. Good morning. I like when you put the hand, especially for those who are just listening. They have no idea <laughs> that you just wait. <laughs> with, we, we know that it's possible to hear when you are, for example, lying down or smiling. So That's maybe true. this is possible to hear as well, you know, well. in some way. <laughs> <laughs> we, you can confirm it if, if you're listening to the podcast. Please leave us a comment if you can hear my waving or not. <laughs> he just waved again. If you didn't hear that, then yeah, yeah, yeah. you cannot. That, that was a double test, you know. You need to have the test if yeah, it was yeah. there. And you need a baseline. Also, uh, for our listeners, uh, in, I don't know, few videos back, uh, I was like pretending to be Harry Potter, meaning when you were in, in their dormitories and you could see the people moving within the framed pictures that were on the wall. And for those who are just listening to us, that's exactly what I meant by it, because Barush was at my place, so... For college, I was like first on my camera, and then I went to Baru's camera. So that's what I meant by Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so we apologize. Explanation for this two weeks exactly, later. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay. So we started the topic diversity, right? And I'd like to today to discuss people with disabilities. And... I know you guys don't have as many experiences as I do. I thought that you will say disabilities. <laughs> you know, as soon as you are born, you are already on the way to a disability. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, not necessarily. So exactly like you said, um, there are actually four parts uh, defined with disability you can be born with disability you can get a disease you can have um an accident accident and you can have like a genetic uh, problem that you would it just sort of uh, progresses with your age uh, it's called cognitive i'm not, i'm not sure so there are these four, four ways and as soon as we reach a certain age <laughs> suddenly oh my lower back hurts or my back hurts. <laughs> I cannot focus so much. I need a rest. There you go. <laughs> so sooner or later, we are going to have um, uh, our own experiences uh, with disability. Uh, but let's, uh, maybe I would just start um, with as simple things as our pedestrian's path. And, and now lately in recent years, you can see that the municipalities are uh, changing the pedestrian path when uh, they are coming closer to crossroads, that the pedestrian paths are now suddenly lower to the level of the road. So you can nicely and easily sort of walk through. And many people maybe just think, oh, it's just, I don't know, with your own wheelchair, etc. But it doesn't matter. So mm -hmm. it's even for moms with strollers, right? Or uh, you just have a bicycle or literally it just makes life easier for anyone or even for elderly people 
who have problems to put catch their up the feet. Catch up the bus. No, I'm really talking about now the lowered pedestrian <laughs> And if you are not able to uh, pull up your leg that high up, like if you have like a stairs. So it really helps literally to everyone. Um, also, there is a um, part of this, um, I don't know if I, we can call it accessibility, but if you're in the lift, uh, Later, you can hear there is a voice telling you we are on first floor, we are on second floor. And many people think it's for um, people with uh, eyes impairment. Uh, but imagine when the lift is fully, fully stuck, like with people, uh, and the person who is the furthest from the door doesn't even see on the display like on which floor they are and they don't know it's now their turn to get out of the lift so it helps them to identify oh that's my floor please let me get out and he's trying to push from the back of the lift to the front so uh these um super fine-tuned stuff help literally everyone i was surprised in my hometown i discovered that there are actually buses like in public transport that tells you what is the next stop but they they will tell you outside of the bus so that was a nice thing i was thinking like how how blind people know which bus to take and mm. i think this is this is it right so it tells you okay the next stop is i'm not sure if if it said the final destination but I was surprised, like, I, I'm hearing the next stop and I'm already outside of the bus and the doors are closed. This is something new. And I think it was nice. Yeah, exactly. And these are these little, little stuff that really are uh, helping us uh, in, in our life. And maybe you only realize these little things when something happens to you. And before that, you are not even recognizing it because you just really think of yourself, I'm healthy and nothing bothers me. But let's now focus. Sorry to to, to interrupt. So what what gets me is uh, we were mentioning the four types of disabilities and uh, wheelchairs are pretty obvious. You know, you you spot them pretty easily. Hmm. Uh, Or you spot when somebody is limping or uh, if there are some uh, other issues what i'm mostly surprised about is that there is much higher people with disabilities than we think because a lot of them are not observable they are too tiny and i think there is some ratio or something like that or or maybe like one in five people or something like that i'm not sure oh, how that, many people is disabled. that i don't know but uh around the euro we have uh, each country has a different law um, of how many people with disabilities you need to, as a company, hire. Otherwise, you pay fee to government. Uh, here in Slovakia, as soon as you are having more than 20 employees, 3.2% should be disabled. Otherwise, you pay a fee to the government. Um, the problem is, 
especially in our uh, area of work where we have to speak English uh, as, a, as a primary language, you will not find that many uh, people with disabilities who speak English, have IT experience or no specific IT stuff, because there is too many IT companies that fight for that little, little number of people. So <laughs> that's uh, impossible to do. But uh, I like our companies that are not afraid to employ a person with disability. And we had employees with severe disabilities. And um, we had colleague uh, uh, with um, muscle dystrophy. And all he could do was to just move his thumb. However, uh, he had a software uh, on his computer that everything was done uh, either with his commands or by uh, moving something. And actually- You mean was, voice commands? Yeah, like voice commands. Mm -hmm. um, and he was excellent, excellent in Photoshop, like in designing. And also he later uh, certified for project manager and become uh, responsible for uh, Switzerland, Austria and Germany, if I'm not mistaken. And that's the thing that our company was not afraid to hire him because the worst thing, and this is something that people don't realize, the worst thing is if you are stuck among four walls because you are not able to move your body, but your brain is working 100%. And you literally feel like you are an obligation to society. Whereas you could be helping and be part of the society. And we have now the technology that you can be part of the uh, society. Only you need the help that someone will clean you, will maybe put you in the wheelchair, um, make the stuff around you available, but then you are on your own. And, and many people are really uh, uh, scared that if they would hire uh, a person with such a severe uh, disability, that it would mean too much work for them. But it's, it's really not true, right? And um, really giving such a person the opportunity to work and maintain that the brain is working and can, can uh, help at work in society, family as well, is just giving that person a purpose, right? So you don't need to be depressed, etc. So we need more bold companies and really be open to um, hire people with disabilities. Also, we had another girl who actually had a horrible car accident and she became quadriplegic. And uh, she was only able to move her hands. Uh, of course, head, mouth, everything worked. And uh, the type of help she was needed dur during the work that if she had to go on a meeting, someone had to open the door for her, take her to a certain floor, open the door for her so she could get there. Or if she had to join the call, that someone would put the headset on her head. And, and that was it. But again, people saw that, oh, okay, we cannot give her a work, type of a work to work with papers because she's not able to, to write. But again, you just give her the access such as computer. Um, and, and the only help is like, hey, can you put the headset on me? 
structure. And again, you made that person to be prosperous for, for society, for work environment. And again, that person has a purpose. Because the worst that really can happen to you guys is if you are stuck among the four walls and that's it. That's the worst. Yeah, I remember the movie Untouchable. Mm. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's, uh, yes. it's a French movie. Omar Sy is taking care. And he's a black guy. He's taking care of a, uh, of a quadriplegic mm -hmm. person. So on a wheelchair, not able to move. Uh, almost not even a finger. Uh, he's actually, I think he's using his mouth to, to, to get move somewhere, around. yeah, mm -hmm. to move around. And uh, uh, it's about a true story about the two, uh, those two. And I think it has already some American version, a UK version, whatever. So you, you can watch the movie. And I like this one scene where the uh, disabled person is telling uh, his, uh, uh, his daycarer, where do you find your quadriplegic person? Where you left him. <laughs> and it was beautiful to see that actually they had such a strong relationship that mm -hmm. the disabled person was able to say this joke that he mm -hmm. was making fun of himself and his own disability, which mm -hmm. takes a huge willpower, I think. And especially it's different when you are born with disability and it's different when, like, this guy, he had an accident, so he became quadriplegic. And it's different if you suddenly uh, have an accident and that happens to you. Because that needs very, very strong mind. First of all, you need to cope and sort of, because you're blaming yourself, like, why me? Why me? And then uh, you are angry at yourself and everyone around you. Uh, that's the typical uh, behavior. And then many of them don't see the future, what's next. So they give up on life. Uh, but there is really uh, a lot to do and it really needs like a strong courage. But the worst part, is, worst part is even if you are able to do stuff during the day, then the night comes. And, and that's even the worst because it's just you and your mind and... and uh, really been quadriplegic you are not even able to have a drink if you're thirsty or it's 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 really really bad um and when i used to work in a quadriplegic place uh where i was looking after of people on wheelchair either they were paraplegics or quadriplegics and i really saw many people and it, that was really visible also the difference when you are born with a disability because you are born that way you just take it that's me i'm just unique <laughs> that's how i pursue myself i'm unique <laughs> i have my foot shorter by four centimeters uh compared to my left hand so i'm unique, <laughs> I'm unique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, uh also when you are born with it you learn uh already from as a child coping with it and and you are how you are taking over some of the obstacles, how your family uh, collaborates with you, help you. Best one is like also my mom. Uh, she never allowed anyone to feel pity on me. As soon as someone was like, oh, poor girl, she immediately took me away. Like, no, you can do things. Mm -hmm. Don't do them. So you are capable. And today people that know me, they don't know I'm disabled. They don't see it. But when I was still in first grade, for example, in elementary school, 
you could still saw it. So I was sort of limping uh, on my leg, but my mom was exercising me, uh, exercising with me until I was 14 every day for two hours, uh, just so I could walk normally, et cetera, et cetera. And un unless you really focus on my, on my legs, then you will see it from the knees below. My calves are different. Uh, the, the sizes of my feet are different, etc. cetera. Um, but let's go even uh, 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 further back. I just want to also tell people that if you have a colleague or a friend on a wheelchair or any, with any disabilities and you just don't know how to behave around uh, people with disability, there is a very simple thing. Just ask them. That every person will exactly ask them what, Kat? Like, um, for example, if you have a person on a wheelchair and you would like to help them, and this is a manual chair, and you'd like to push them, right? So mm -hmm. uh, ask them, can I push you? Mm -hmm. Don't mm -hmm. do it automatically because then the feeling you create uh, in the person is like you are throwing them away from um, like a mountain. So just ask, can I? push you and they'll tell you yes no or uh, you'll see that for example let's say the leg is hanging out of the um, let's call them bars where, where your feet are normally landed just just ask hey your foot is uh, let's say misplaced can I put it back because sometimes the person actually puts it that way if they get spasm in their in their legs so the change of the posture of the leg helps uh, get rid of the spasm and then they pull it back so just ask don't do things immediately first ask what you should what should you do um also if you have a person with uh sight impairment so um, let's say blind person and they have uh, a accompanying dog please people do not touch the dog <laughs> <laughs> uh, and especially if you are like me uh, and I love dogs and as soon as I see dogs it's like puppy do not touch the dog <laughs> uh, these uh, puppies are very very expensive and mm -hmm. they are trained and that means that if the master is with them the person they are at work and if you do want to pet the dog just ask the person if you can the person will give a specific order to the dog and then you are allowed to pet the dog. But mm -hmm. otherwise, don't do it. And if a person with uh, sight impairments come for an interview with the dog, and uh, now you just don't know, okay, is the dog allowed to come to the office? What about other employees who are allergic, etc.? These dogs have a special permit uh, within the law. So they are allowed to enter even grocery store, Literally, they are allowed to enter any premises wherever the dog would normally not be allowed to enter. We are, we are talking about Slovakia, right? Not the whole Europe. It's actually valid through whole Europe. These, okay. these dogs are like, um, really, they have their own laws for that. Um, and uh, they are also taught that you don't need to say, oh, should I bring a water to the dog? Should I do this, that, etc." Not necessary. They are very trained. They will not do anything. Again, the master will just give them an order. Usually they will either sit next to the master or maybe lay um, uh, close to the wall and they will not bother anyone even for eight hours straight, 
without anything until again a new order comes etc i i wish i could say that about me <laughs> <laughs> you lay behind the wall for eight hours <laughs> yeah not disturbing anyone not bothering anyone that's not possible <laughs> i'm not trained well i guess <laughs> and um also if you would be hiring a person uh who has a this uh, special guy guy guided dog mm, then it really um upon every company because you also need to think of do i have employees who are allergic because you need to um, protect them as well uh in that case i would really suggest that you specifically the floor where you would like to have that person be sitting talk to the managers that they can talk to the employees if that would be the if that would bother them if it's okay and and then uh because that dog would not walk around or, you know meeting people etc if that dog would really stay close by uh, his or her person uh so you can just figure out okay if that that's cleared let that person in or you can even ask the person whether they need to have that dog with them all the time or it's just you know on on certain times it just the dog just brings them to the work and leaves and picks them up yeah no <laughs> the no that's that, that's not how it, it works it, isn't the tesla no. car you're confusing <laughs> the two <laughs> <laughs> and also remember guys we did once um because we were uh, also going uh, fairly often to school with hearing impairments or sc school where they had students with hearing impairments uh, and we were challenged by the students that oh we always talk so nicely about the company blah 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 but they don't believe that we would literally give them a job and we said challenge accepted and we identified two job roles right two job roles that people with hearing impairments could do because there were no calls no meetings etc and uh we the way we decided to do it was come for the whole day uh, uh with us and you'll be doing performing the job and we paired one student with one of our colleagues we train our colleagues in a way like please don't shout they will not work they don't hear do not come from uh, back towards the person uh, they don't see you they don't hear you always approach the person from side so they can at least see you or knock on the uh, on the desk so they can uh, feel the vibration that oh someone is approaching we gave every person Uh, uh a notebook and a pen so they can you know write each other if they want to communicate um we prepared once the students came that what they're going to do everything was written nicely written down uh, and explained this is what you're going to do etc and after i don't know five hours they spent five hours uh with every person doing the job etc and then then also they arrive with the teacher with the sign, teacher that knew the sign language and we like no 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 you go back to school they challenged us they said that we would not hire them and, not, and they need to really have that feeling and and living the life if we would hire them so mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. cannot be any help of a teacher with the sign language come back at 3 p.m. 
then we'll have the feedback session. Kat, I'm, I'm going to challenge you a bit because from what you said before is that when you're hiring a disabled person, you said that company don't have to do anything, basically. Right now, you're saying that you needed to create an environment or new environment, ask people, get the notebooks, get the pens, uh, teach people how to behave. That's a lot of work, actually. So what's what's the... Co- I, I see the conflict here. Like, okay, so mm-hmm. company needs to do something to hire a disabled person. It's not like it's everything like the normal. Okay. Uh, usually... Uh, not really companies, but people around like managers or other employees think that if they would hire a person with disability, it would require something on top of their duties to do more or like, will does it mean I need to pay more attention to the person with disability compared to the rest of the employees? Because you should not treat others differently. You should treat people equally the same. Uh, you will need to accommodate uh, um, accessibility around and really depends on your disability. Um, Also, there are forbidden questions that a person with disability is protected by law that you cannot ask during the interview. But what you can ask is, if we would make a decision to hire you, is there anything that you need for accessibility that we need to be aware of. So we have time to prepare the surrounding. Uh, For example, if the person is on a wheelchair, they will need the table to be put higher up so they can get underneath with the wheelchair. But you need to have a table for that. And the company might not have it, but if they know it in advance and they know, okay, the whole interview and onboarding process takes three weeks, we have three weeks to order the table, get it delivered and, and we're done. Every bigger company have also special funds to make things um, accessibility. Same as if you have problem with your eyes, you are uh, allowed to have external monitor, for example. Or uh, if you have, let's say, a person with um, visual impairments that uh, you need to make sure and talk to employees around you need to train them. Guys, if you, let's say, move away from a table, don't leave the chair as it strolls away because that person remembers when they walked towards the table, uh, uh, what kind of um, obstacles there were. And suddenly if there is a chair, they, they might uh, f- fell over. So just always uh, remember just to push the chair. Like That's it. Once you train the team, that, that's done. And same was here. We train people just to normally it would you would learn these uh, through experiences in life, but we didn't have that much time. So we needed to give like a quick overview to people. Please do not shout. These people don't hear you. So by raising the voice, it won't help, right? And uh, even if you don't know the sign language, uh, they're pretty good in reading from your lips. So articulate properly, write it down. And I wanted to say that in the afternoon when the teacher came um, and we were asking them for feedback, we also learned how many mistakes we did. So first of all, we gave like a feedback forms to every student to give us a feedback. And there were like a few questions. 
And then we were reading that, uh, those feedbacks and the Slovak language was so strange. I'm like, that makes no sense. And uh, it was written in infinitive language. And we were like, what? And then the teacher was, oh, I forgot to tell you, for, uh, for um, people with hearing impairment, their language is the sign language. Any other language, whether they are born in Slovakia, uh, America, wherever, that's a second language. So they have lots of grammar mistakes or they use much easier, uh, let's say, language. So they were using infinitive uh, language. And we've learned that whatever we actually wrote down, all the explanation, they didn't understand it be because it was written in a very complex way. Mm -hmm. However, that wasn't the problem for them, the way the work that we prepared for them or the words. Actually, they were afraid of the people uh, around them. How are they going to be um, perceived. perceived and accommodated or mm -hmm. talked to, etc. And once they saw that we are as crazy as them, that uh, we, even though we sit next to each other, we don't talk to each other. We use the chat and like, hey, where are we going for lunch? Blah, blah, blah. And when they, they had that experience to live it through, that we behave normally, we didn't treat them differently, the way we treat one another, they felt like, now I can imagine working here. They didn't mm -hmm. want to do that type of job, that wasn't for them, but they, the experience with people who could hear and they, they spend the whole day with us was for them phenomenal experience. They never mm -hmm. had such an opportunity. And that was for them the most valuable part. So that was a huge shock for us that they were actually scared of the people, not the type of work or the communication, but the people. That it's interesting really to me to me that such a school that is speci specifically built for people with this disability doesn't prepare them better for communication with the outside world. Mm, I, I can't say that it's like that everywhere. Mm -hmm. I might say that maybe, okay, I only have experience from Slovakia from, from mm -hmm. this perspective. I also have experience mm -hmm. from Australia, but here it's because I was also in specialized school for uh, students with disability, physical disabilities, and they pamper you. They try to protect you. And uh, they, they, if you don't have strong parents who, who are pushing you, like m I went on elementary school to nor with normal kids. Mm -hmm. And that was during the communism. And during the mm -hmm. communism, people with disabilities were hidden. Mm -hmm. My mom made the decision, why would I put her in her institute if I could just put her in normal school that is just right opposite my house? Mm -hmm. okay. And we were actually two students like that. There was another girl. And uh, I had older brother, so thankfully no one was bullying me or making fun of me, etc. And I also had very good schoolmates who were protecting me as well. But that also gave a chance to the schoolmates to get used to it. Oh, there is a person different from us. And same was for the girl. She was in a different class. She didn't have a hand. And every time we went, for example, for swimming, 
she of course put the hand uh, on the side and whoever stared at it her schoolmates were like you have a problem you have a problem you know like what's your problem so they were protecting her as well but that was just something that because you have that experience with person with disability you take it the normal because that's what happened that in the 90s once we get rid of the communism and suddenly you saw people on wheelchair people were staring at them but not uh, because of disgust but it's just because they never ever saw it right and if you don't have that experience being um, assimilated with the rest of the group no matter of the minorities or non-minorities you are missing that experience but the teachers tend to pamper you and protect you mm -hmm. and also how many companies will you find that are willing to be open uh, and give you that opportunity? Mm -hmm. You know, I remember only thanks to our foreign manager when uh, Urai came for an interview, uh, our boss uh, asked me, Kate, can you accompany me? Because I don't want to make mistake and you have uh, years of experiences. And he was really focusing on his skill set, not mm -hmm. on is he able to work, how is he able to work, what are your skills. Once he told us his skills, and he's he had one condition that he can only work from home because that's where he had all the software and everything. So we had to send our IT people there to install the software, and that had to be across the company, uh, but work with his system. Mm -hmm. That was that was it, and then he just shined. All right, he he got certified, etc. So, if once you have those experiences, you are not afraid of giving uh, people's uh, chance. And same is same is for you, Baruch. You you lived in China. For you, the way you are uh, looking at Chinese people is like, for you are these are the most kindest most kindest nation in the world whereas we see you know our experience is all shitty clothes that are you know not uh, <laughs> imported together. from china exactly yeah. yeah because that's our experience whereas your experience mm -hmm. are these are the most kindest people uh, mm -hmm. in, in the world and and that's just because of the experience and maybe that's how we could end it i don't know all right <laughs> That was Guys? great, great talk, Kat. I learned a lot. Don't be afraid. Speak to people. Talk to them. <laughs> talk <Never>. to them. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for next episode. Uh, bye bye. Have a nice day. Bye. This podcast represents our own opinions, experience, and our own ideas. We do not represent any official statement from our employers, and this is not their official channel representing the company.